The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale. Holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. This is my favorite part of the week. Hello. Welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. This is show number 23, Pet Gurus, What My Animals Taught Me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Charlie Kale, a passionate dog and cat mom, broadcaster and Reiki practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws. I do distant healings as well as in-person appointments because energy transcends space and time. And there's more about that at charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. This is your safe place to honor animals. We'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and metaphysically. My goal is to dispel myths, bring about awareness, enlightenment, even uncover scams. With each show, I try to learn something new and expand my field of consciousness, and I hope that we're doing that together. We've talked a lot about how animals are here to teach us lessons as well as be amazing companions. They're so multifaceted. They're like our little mirrors in that they mirror what's going on in our thoughts, our emotions, our physical bodies. They rely on us for the basic necessities in life, yet have so much wisdom to share if we'll only stop and listen. So now's the time to do that. Pause and reflect for a moment. What is my animal trying to teach me? What have I learned from him or her? How are they showing me another way to be? Here's what I've been able to figure out so far from the wisdom of my animals. I'll start with my German Shepherd, Sasha, my soul dog. She's a big girl with a big heart. She's a King Shepherd, purebred from the shelter, larger than a normal Shepherd with a huge personality to match. Sasha is the consummate greeter. She's the one who wants to greet every dog coming into the dog park, the beach, hiking trails, the pet store, and of course, the house. Sasha doesn't realize she's a giant shepherd and to some, a big, scary looking dog. She just races up to let anyone know they are welcome in her world. So sure, that's part of the lesson. Be nice and non-judgmental to everyone. But not every dog or person coming onto the beach or the park wants a giant German Shepherd in their face, and they may snarl back, run away, or growl at her. If that would happen to me, I'd stick my tail between my legs and I'd slink back to where I came from wondering what I did wrong, and I would let it ruin my good mood. What does Sasha do? She says, oh, okay, you don't want to play. Well, come on in anyway while I go and greet that dog over there and see if he wants to play. In other words, Sasha doesn't take it personally, any of it. No matter how the other dogs or even sometimes people react to her, she doesn't think she did something wrong and she should now be sad and subdued just because they didn't want to play with her. She continues just being her happy self and letting her joy shine through. And people are always saying to me, what a beautiful dog you have. She's so happy. And then comes the next question. What happened to her leg? Which brings me to another lesson lesson that Sasha teaches me. Don't let a disability stop you from enjoying life and doing what you want. 
Sasha has elbow dysplasia. She's been affected by this since birth. She had surgery four years ago, but it didn't fix it. So she's been wearing a custom-fitted orthotic device to support her leg for the past three years. She runs like the wind. People call her the bionic dog. Unfortunately, she's having more joint problems now and does limp a lot, but she still insists on running at the dog park, and there is no less joy in her face. I just don't let her stay as long now, but Sasha taught me to focus on what I do have, what I can do, and enjoy the hell out of that. Finally, another lesson from Sasha, and you can see why she's my soul dog. She has so much to teach me. Sasha is the loving protector. While 99% of everyone she meets, she wants to make friends with, there are occasionally people that she immediately distrusts. There have been situations where she has seen someone and barked ferociously at them, acting as if she wanted to tear them apart. This is so rare that when Sasha acts like that, I pay attention and I don't trust them either. To be honest, I got the same greasy, slimy vibe from them that she did, and I really wouldn't have trusted them wholly if I'd been there by myself. But knowing that Sasha clearly let her feelings be known is a comfort to me, and it validates my feelings. So that lesson is clear. Trust your intuition. Even when you want everyone to like you, if you sense something is off, go with your gut and don't back down. Don't try to please others at the risk of compromising yourself. Next up, my little Brooklyn. He's my tiny Chihuahua Terrier mix who had an abusive past that left him cowering in fear deep in the recesses of the dog pound. Now he's a happy, social, feisty little guy whose smile will light up the room or the park. He's gone up on stage with me in front of hundreds and hundreds of people and proudly owned the stage. He will run up to other dogs and people at the dog park, either to play or beg for a treat. But he is very picky because he definitely follows his own intuition about who he will trust or not. Brooklyn has taught me how important it is to come out of my shell and trust others because life can be such a fun experience. And of course, to not naively trust just anyone because you're not going to always get a treat. My cat, Shayna, is a gorgeous tortie. That's a dark calico with tortoiseshell markings. She's very independent and not a big fan of the other animals in my house. She was in my life first before the others and she lets them all know it, including the giant German Shepherd but she tolerates everyone. She only gets in their faces if she feels they're taking over her territory or trying to eat her food. She's a sweet, loving girl who doesn't take any guff from any of the other animals. I'll never forget the moment I met her, staring at me through the bars of a mobile adoption truck that was parked where I was doing a live radio broadcast. I heard in my head, you're taking me home today. I replied, oh no, I'm not. I'm not ready to love again. I had lost my dear cat, Ashley, several months earlier, and I was still grieving. So this cat looked back at me and said, just pick me up. You'll see. So I had them take her out of the cage. And when I held her, the energy shot through my body. Tears flowed down my face. And I knew she was right and that it was right. So I went back on the air and I announced that I was a new mom. Shana taught me to stop grieving and that I can always love again and to trust my intuition and listen deep inside to the communication from animals and to pay attention to energy and it will guide me. Shana has shown me the importance of knowing your value and self-worth and not to accept anything less. Don't accept being treated as any less than what you deserve. Kashi and Marco, my handsome Tonkinese cats. 
Kashi and Marco were brothers from the same litter. Now, I just lost Marco a few weeks ago. Kashi is still with me. As close as they were, they are two very different personalities and in my life for different reasons. So I'll start with Kashi. Kashi Cat is stubborn and headstrong, who will not take no for an answer, yet is also extremely affectionate and loving. I call him Kashi Cat because it's copycat. Anything he sees, he copies. He says, I can do that. Even better. I call him my spiritual guardian because I have caught him in my dreams, either watching from the sidelines or actively stepping in and swatting things away he thought were bothering me. Kashi has diabetes and suffered a vestibular attack that has left him partially paralyzed in his back legs. Nevertheless, he will try over and over and over again to make a jump he shouldn't try or run down the hall for food. Kashi does not give up, and I'm always amazed at how he forges ahead despite physical limitations. Kashi has taught me to know your boundaries and make them stick. You can be very loving and still strong and protective, and don't give up. Be tenacious about life. Even if something is holding you back from moving forward in a straight path, you can still hold your head up high as you zig and zag on your journey and reach your goal, even if that goal is to finally get up on the bed. And going to bed is a pretty good goal, Kashi. You are smart. And finally, Marco the man cat. What a loving, gentle soul. Marco became a character on my radio show, both the one in Las Vegas and the one here in San Francisco, as a sports prognosticator or sports prognosticator. <laughs> he was remarkable, Marco, because he predicted the outcome of the Super Bowl correctly for eight years in a row. Seriously, eight Super Bowls in a row, and he got the winner right. Some of those are even on YouTube. Marco eventually came down with many issues, failing kidneys, blindness, infection from an impacted tooth. Through it all, he showed me acceptance and adaptability. He adapted to losing his sight so well that I thought he could see much better than he could. He kept a positive, peaceful, loving attitude, and you would not have known he was disabled. There was no wallowing in self-pity as I'm afraid I would do. One of the things that helped him adapt was Reiki. I do Reiki. I am Reiki, and I would be Reiki around my animals. Marco soaped up that Reiki and, and kept me on the path to doing self-Reiki. As, as a Reiki practitioner, it's very important that you stay consistent doing self-Reiki. Well, because Marco liked Reiki so much, he made sure I did it on him and on me at the same time. Marco would jump into bed every night, curl up on my chest, and he, he's kind of a heavy guy. And our heart chakras would open up, connecting until I couldn't tell where either one of us began or ended. We were one, and the energy coursing through our bodies reminded me how we are all connected and one in the universe. It was just indescribable and amazing. Marco gave me the most beautiful gift of healing. Healing with me, us healing together, with our energies connected and our heart chakras merged as one. He taught me that every situation is adaptable and to always tap into your intuition and you will know anything. Marco decided to continue his healing on the other side. Losing him was devastating, but I'm very grateful that I still hear from him, which is also another lesson. If we pay attention, we will hear from and feel our animals still around us even after they've passed. Their energy changes form, but it's still around us. They are still here, and they love us dearly. Marco is truly a healer. 
He still sends me healing energy, but now Marco is healing and in turn being healed by his human daddy, my fiance Gus, who crossed to the other side before he did. I will forever be indebted to all my animals for being there for me when my fiance unexpectedly, traumatically died in our home, in my lap, in front of them. They stood by calmly through the chaos of my calling 911 and trying to give him CPRs. I'm screaming into the phone. It's not working. Am I doing it right? The loud sirens, the paramedics storming in, them taking him out of the house, never to return again. They were confused and grieving themselves over losing their human daddy, but they never stopped caring for and worrying about me. I found this out when an animal communicator told me my animals were very worried about me and it was important that I stop worrying so much about them and take care of myself. They said I really needed to go to the doctor. Well, she was right. They were right. I did end up having surgery just a few months later. That's where I also learned no guilt. Animals do not want us to feel guilty for decisions we should or shouldn't have made, things we did or didn't do. Guilt is a negative energy, a lower vibration, something we don't need dragging us down, and neither did they. Guilt pulls us down and keeps us in the past instead of allowing us to move forward. We need to be in the present and positively look toward the future. I learned that the longer I hold on to the grief and the pain, the longer they have to hold on to it because they absorb what I'm going through. They're our mirrors in so many ways. Something else my animals have taught me is to enjoy what we're given now, right now. Live in the moment. Be aware of what is present and enjoy it. I mean, if I give them fresh beef liver from the butcher, do they set it aside and say, no, mommy, save it later when I can enjoy it when I really deserve it? No, they chow down and enjoy it in that moment. They relish every bite. So eat that chocolate cake now. Don't let it sit in the refrigerator and get mold on it. Drink that nice bottle of wine. Use the guest soap. You know, as they say, use the good china. Don't let things go bad because you were saving it for the right occasion. Universal energy recognizes that you're using it and enjoying it, so it will send you more. You will attract more of what you want into your life when you use and enjoy that which you like. All animals cross our paths for a reason. So it's not only our own pets that we learn from, but friends' animals too. And it's always interesting to hear what they feel that they've learned from their animals. My friend Shirley has two German Shepherds right now and had a big German Shepherd named Ace in the past. He was her soul dog. Ace taught her the deep love and unbreakable bond that humans and animals can have. She discovered pure joy being with him. Even though she loves her human children more than anything on earth, she found out there was an amazing acceptance and happiness about life that Ace had that her kids just couldn't provide. She never really got over losing him. But then Amma and then Baron, her current German shepherds, entered the picture and they keep her busy. She said they are her therapy. They've taught her that when she comes home. She can leave all her problems from work back at work. And when she focuses on them instead of her day at work, she enjoys life and is filled with love. Even when she gets angry that Amma chewed up her brand new washcloth or almost pushed her off the bed, she can't stay mad for more than a minute. Baron tested out that theory when he overheard her saying over and over that she wanted to renovate the kitchen. 
So he chewed up the floorboard, the linoleum, the wallpaper, and even the drywall. So she had to renovate the kitchen. She learned, be careful what she says, and that if she says it, she better mean it. Shirley said she couldn't live without them, and everyone should have dogs because it's cheaper than going to, to a psychiatrist, even with the kitchen remodel. My friend Rachel has a rust-colored Labradoodle named Charlie and recently lost her orange tabby, Bodie, who was her sole cat. I used to cat sit for Bodie, and I still take care of Charlie on occasion, and I love them both dearly. On a side note, do you know how many dogs are named Charlie? I am constantly turning around thinking someone is calling me because I'm hearing, Charlie, 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 come here. Don't eat that poop. Well, that's when I knew they weren't talking to me. But I do get whiplash going to the dog park. Okay, back to Rachel's dog, Charlie. She said he has taught her acceptance. He is funny and quirky and adorable, but has some behaviors that drive her nuts at times. He has a loud, piercing bark that he uses at inopportune moments. Well, inopportune to her, but not to him. She's learned that even though she can try her hardest to be the best mom to her animals, she can't fix everything. So just do the best she can and let go of the rest. Let him be who he is because he is uniquely himself. As for Bodhi, that was a devastating loss that she's still not over. Rachel says he was such a beautiful, wise observer who was a healer through being, not doing. He had a calm, soothing essence, and he passed the importance of that onto her. Bodhi taught her how to tune in without words, how to connect and communicate without speaking. My friend Tina, who has three wonderful dogs, but just recently lost her miniature bull terrier, Kakoa, who I also adored, and who was her sole dog, sums it up by quoting Marley and Me. Quote, a dog has no use for fancy cars, big homes, or designer clothes. A waterlogged stick will do just fine. A dog doesn't care if you're rich or poor, clever or dull, smart or dumb. Give him your heart, and he'll give you his. How many people can you say that about? How many people can make you feel rare and pure and special? How many people can make you feel extraordinary? And my producer, Remy, who I've never met in person because he's in the studio in Detroit, but I consider him a friend, also loves animals and has learned some lessons over his lifetime, and some of them pretty painful. Hi there, Remy. Would you like to share? Sure, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. I am thrilled. <laughs> so when I first moved out on my own, when I was a young 20-year-old, I got uh, two cats. Uh, they were brothers from the same litter. My best friend had cats, and it just coincided the move down to Pittsburgh uh, with their birth. So I knew them at like two days old before they had even opened up their little eyes. And I got my pick of the litter. There was 11 of them total. And so I took Maceo and Angus home with me and they moved with me several times and they were my constant companions, my little buddies. And I just loved them to pieces. Well, at about 15, Maceo got sick and got real sick. And I was in a pretty bad financial state at the time. I couldn't afford to take him to the vet. And I felt awful about it. And I knew that the end was near. He picked out a little spot for himself in the closet and was in there for a couple of days. And I tried to give him some little food and water, but he wasn't eating. And I just, I knew that the end was there. I just couldn't afford to take him and have him put down. And so I ended up uh, spending his last breath with him and, and, 
held him and tried to comfort him as best I could, but I swore that I would never do that again. It was a, a tough lesson to learn that no matter what, you gotta if you have to beg, borrow, or steal to get the money <laughs> to put them down humanely is the way to go because uh, it's not quick. It's very painful and sad and. Uh, you know, he finally did pass. And I just think about all the great times that we had in his life. And that brings me some comfort. And that's what he wants you to remember, Remy. Yeah, for sure. He, absolutely. Because right now, he's not pulled down by that guilt you're still feeling. He's not the least bit worried about that. And he's not in pain. He's happy. He wants you to be happy. He loved the time he had with you. It was an incredible journey. He got to share it with you. And he did show you, in, you know, in case you were curious and thinking, well, hey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe uh, cats can just pass on on their own. He just was like, okay, here's what it's like. Don't feel bad, Remy. But you know, here's what it's like. So for the future, if you know, something goes on, uh, maybe you want to handle it differently. Well, when, but, it, when it was time for his brother to go, that's exactly what we did. And the quick and painless at the vet is definitely uh, a lot easier to deal with. And see, and he was happy to give himself so that you knew that lesson. Yeah. Sweet boys, so, both of them. <laughs> yeah, so so let go of that guilt. He doesn't want you to carry that anymore. Most definitely. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are our animals teaching us? Live in the moment. Enjoy the present. Honor your intuition and always trust yourself. Trust your gut. Greet everyone with love and without judgment, but don't compromise yourself in the process. Don't take it personally when you're being growled at. Don't take anything personally and don't let it ruin your joy. Don't let it stifle your ability to be yourself. Be your true self. No matter how unique and quirky you are. In fact, I always say the quirkier the better. <laughs> Don't try to, out, uh, to control the outcome. Just let it go. Let it be as it is. Don't let a disability bring you down and stop you from enjoying life. Focus on what you do have, what you can do, and enjoy it. Be adaptable, but take care of yourself first. Always take care of yourself. You are that important. You're the most important. Come out of your shell and trust others. Get out into the world and find fun enjoying your journey. Know your value and your worth and don't accept anything less. Don't accept being treated any less than what you deserve. Know your boundaries and make them stick. You can be very loving and still strong and protective of others and yourself. Don't give up. Be tenacious about life. No matter how crooked the path and how difficult it is to make your way down, it holds your head up high, knowing you're doing the best you can and be proud of that. And no guilt for decisions we make or don't make when we're honestly trying to do the best we can. The animals do not want us feeling guilty. They're only showing us there are other ways to handle things in the future. They are giving us new tools in our arsenal to navigate life. And Remy, I have to share with you, as I've been preparing this show, Marco the man cat has been all around strongly encouraging me to repeat that message about when our beloved animals pass on, they're still around us, still sending us messages, still doing little things to get our attention to help us be aware of things out of the ordinary. I cannot even describe how crazy this thing happened last night. I had texted my friend Tina for her thoughts on this topic. And after I sent one of my replies, I looked back on it. And right in the middle of a sentence, there was this weird smiling emoji that I have never, ever seen before. So I quickly looked back at my just used emojis and it wasn't there. So I looked through all my emojis 
this thing was not in my phone anywhere. I texted Tina that, hey, I didn't put that strange emoji in the middle of that sentence. And she said, what emoji? I don't see anything. I had to send her a screenshot from my phone. And she said she had never seen that emoji. She did not have it on her phone either. It kind of looks like if you turned Buddha into a smiling face with those little laughing eyes, like cocked his head to the side, a big smiley face Buddha now, cocked his head to the side and then widened his teeth in this gigantic smile. I have never seen that before. Can't find it again. And neither has Tina. And I am positive. It was my cat Marco and her dog Kakoa teaming up on the other side to show us both love and support and remind us that they never leave us. Their energy is still around and they knew what they were talking about. I'm still blown away by it. And I'm also very grateful because I have things like this happen to me all the time. And if you don't think the other side can access our phones, oh, yes, they can. After my fiance, Gus, died, I had gone back to work way too soon. I was having a hard time doing a fun, upbeat, happy morning show. I was walking back to my car and had my phone in my hand because I was, I was about to call somebody. And all of a sudden, it started silently ringing with Gus's face showing as the caller on my phone. In other words, his phone was calling mine and it wasn't even on anymore. I still had the phone plan, but his actual phone wasn't charged. Also, I had the sound on my phone on. This phone call was coming through in silent mode. I don't remember it vibrated or not, but, but, but I sure did because I was in shock. I quickly took a screenshot of it and then I answered it, but there was nothing there. Not a hang up, no sound, just nothing. And there was no record of on my phone's call log. It was not listed at all. So if I had not taken that screenshot, I would have doubted myself and doubted it really happened. And I don't know where I had the wherewithal to take that screenshot. But looking back, I think I heard the message in my head, take a screenshot now. And in my hazy state of grief, I did as I was told. I still look back at that because I still can't believe that really happened. Whew. Thanks for hanging out with me on Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. I'm Charlie Kale. Check out my Reiki business, energy healing for people and pause for in-person sessions or distant healing sessions over the phone or on Skype for people or animals at charliekale.com. You can find past shows on there. Also, you can find them on my page at Empower Radio. And please connect with me on social media. The easiest way to listen is to download the Empower Radio app for your phone, either iPhone or Android. Go to the podcast's link and look for Mind, Body, Pause. The show is also on Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, and Google Podcast apps. Special thanks to Brent Carey, the CEO of Empower Radio, for holding space with love and support for everyone on this network. And to Remy Smith in the studio in Detroit for being willing to open up and share something very painful. Masio just wants you to heal and let it go. Take care and remember, no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you are doing the best you can. They know it. They chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind Body Pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. 
Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.